And I'm Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find us in all normal places. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, at Stitcher, at Spotify, the Google Play Store, featured twice a month at riffmagazine.com, uh, and on all the social media places, all, all those great outlets uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Rock and Vino. Like and subscribe, and you can get episodes. And all that good stuff. Just like us, please. (laughs) (laughs) Just You don't even have to click like. Just like us in general. And so today we have an awesome guest. This is the last guest of our 2018 season. So very excited to have Jeff from Gunlock Munchie. Welcome. Thank you, Coco. Thanks, Mike. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Glad I snuck in under the wire. (laughs) Heck yeah. I just, uh, well, so I caught you. At the um, <laughs> at the show, yeah, um, Chris Robinson show, and right? Like, you got to come on the that show. That was good. That was good. I was uh, I was there. <laughs> I saw you. I, I I didn't run away. I came right there, That's and true. I was like, my tail's between my legs. <laughs> uh, but that was great to see you. That was a fun show. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. No problem. So um, so Jeff, you're the president. Yep. Of Gunlock Bunch, you. Yep. And so, um, kind of tell everybody kind of a little bit about the winery, about the history, because you guys you guys go way back. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, Gunlock Bunchu started as a family enterprise in 1858 when my great 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 grandfather got here uh, to San Francisco, mm. kind of chasing the gold rush from um, from southern Germany, and he was actually a third generation vintner there. He was just the fourth son and a family that had enough assets to pass to the older three. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of left with a few barrels of fortified wine and kind of sent on his way to California. Uh, and as soon as he got here, he basically figured out that he missed the gold rush, but he he didn't miss a bunch of thirsty miners in San Francisco. He <laughs> made a bunch of beer and uh-huh. then sold out within a few years to buy the property where the winery is located now in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, been sort of a parallel to California winemaking history in terms of the ups and downs. First, the, the, the big up was just the growth of the late 1850s. The big down was the 1906 earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the sort of keep you down was the prohibition and then the build back up sort of through the tasting of Paris. I'm just sort right. of I'm going That's through the right. whole universe here. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, where we are today. Um, and yeah, it's been. Uh, I think that what makes us unique is that we've we we are still small on on purpose. Uh, we have this sort of idea that gets passed from generation to generation that you better ma- wake up and you know make sure that what you're doing, what meaning not just what your work is, but what you were work for, what you stand for, is what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And so every generation that's sort of taken the helm of the winery sort of has kind of lived up to that as much as it has, but has the tradition that the family has. Uh, so it's kind of a great mixture of old and new. Very cool. And uh, you guys were recently featured on NBC Bay Area, right? We were. One of the benefits, I think, of being around so long is that, uh, you know, there's a story there. No, there's You know, you can always find a story. We've got a lot of them over there. And yeah, that was, uh, that was an honor. You know, that was, there were a lot of great wineries on that show. Um, and, you know, we, you know, as much as we aspire and basically I've spent my my career trying to make wines that fit the bill in terms of being uh you know among the best in the world uh among the top of our county in Sonoma here and and really with a global aspiration 
I've, you know, I've always sort of bucked a little bit at the culture around it. And so it was kind of fun and interesting to be on that, on that TV show with those guys. Um, and honor and honor. And are we able to kind of check that out now that it's aired? Is it online? You know, I believe it is. NBC, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't waiting for Saturday Night Live to come on. <laughs> I didn't even know it was coming on. I'm like, That's I was sitting there with my wife and I'm like, this, it came on. I'm like, oh my God, I think this, I think I, we might be in this. And, <laughs> and I would have never, so, uh, you know, so, but I think, I, I think I read it's going to, it's online and it's really a great, um, like, you know, you can't tell the whole history of the California wine industry in an hour very easily, but they mm -hmm. did a pretty good job. That's very for cool. sure. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's called Revelations America's Wine Country. Yeah. And okay. it, and it kind of covers, um, it covers all the kind of the stuff that I just mentioned. That's probably why it flew right so easily off my tongue, that sort of <laughs> timeline. But, um, you know, told through first person stories of, of some of the descendants of people that made history. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, it's really a nice thing. It's something that we can be proud of in the Bay Area, you know, and especially in Northern California, north of the Bay here, we're in wine country. Absolutely. And I have to say, so when I visited um, Gunlock Bunchy for the concert, so yeah. it was in the barn, yeah. which was amazing. Just a cool, <laughs> really cool space. Yeah. Um, I was just super impressed by how you guys had it all set up. I mean, you guys have it down, like very organized and, you know, very welcoming. So yeah. Um, was that, was that the first time you'd been there? First time. Well, yeah. good. You just missed like the, the 10 years of trials in the air to get it there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, well, we look like awesome. pros now. I mean, there uh, was people walking around with bottles of wine, you know, yeah. enjoying music. I'm like, hello, I'm in heaven. This is it, awesome. It, you know, if you, uh, if you go to any show uh, at, at our winery and, or, or, or the little festival we do called Wachika, um, and even, you know, it, you'll see wine. We don't sell, in, on all the one-offs, we, we don't sell beer. We don't sell anything other than wine and, awesome. and water. <laughs> and then um, on our festival, we do sell beer. And then we even do a festival, a version of Wachika out in, in Hudson Valley. And mm. there's wine there, too. So we sort of are, you know, there's you see, it's amazing when you walk, see a lot of young people carrying wine around and it's refreshing if you're if you know if you're us that are up here now how good it is uh-huh absolutely and now how did you bring uh music and wine together with the winery and so how long ago did that start? you know it started in earnest about 12 years ago i was i was uh i was in a band in college in los angeles and and with uh and really into music and uh you know through high school and and college and in, in the college band there was a minute there where you know, we opened for a couple decent-sized bands. We 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 thought that maybe in those days it was all about getting signed, mm -hmm. you know, and and trying to get discovered. Um, and we thought for a minute after college we were going to do that. But I, I love the band, but I didn't think I was good enough. And I I knew ultimately I kind of wanted to come home and work in the wine in our in our family business. Um, but uh, I never, you know, I kind of it wasn't like I lost the bug bug. I kind of suppressed it, and mm -hmm. uh, and then you know. 20 years in after, uh, you know, really diving into doing what I needed to do to make our family winery stand, you know, stand up for time and help my dad and continue rolling. We, um, we, we had a performance space on the winery that uh, on the, on the, that you didn't see it's, you couldn't see it at night. It's up on a hillside and it was, we did Shakespeare up there. Oh. You know, my, a friend of my dad's daughter was an actor and had convinced him, my dad to like, build a stage on this little hill uh and so there had been plays going on up there but i never went to one play i was just mm -hmm. wasn't my scene and i was 
I said, geez, I should probably think about doing something else up there. And about that time, an old buddy of mine who uh, stayed in the music business and was a tour manager for a bunch of great bands, uh, you know, invited me to come down. I'd always said no because I was too busy and he always called me last minute. And <laughs> I missed uh, this band called the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, which was, mm, and I just mm-hmm. was like, damn, I should have gone down there. Once I heard the song on the radio for afterwards, sure. I'm like, I should have gone to that show. And so the next one was the Shins. And so I, I said, I'm going. I don't even know who they are. But I'm going down there and I like, you know, uh, based on that experience, I brought a couple young artists up to the winery and wanted to see like, okay, because in those days, you know, there was music, but it was like smooth jazz. It was like the Mandavi series were sort of kind of what I kind of lovingly call the fair circuit artists Mm -hmm. or, or you know, that that had already kind of had mature audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just wasn't my scene at all. I'm a, I love young and new music. And so, um, but I wanted to see if I could bring him to the winery, any young artists that I liked or that I'd heard that I, that I would want to like. Um, and then I could get the, would the kids come a, would mm-hmm. they buy wine B maybe would they bring their parents? I had no idea what we were going to do. And, and then most importantly, would the artists like it? And our first show, um, you know, and what I was, what I would do is I would look at bands that were routing from, you know, Portland to San Francisco or mm-hmm. back and forth, recognize they always had a day off, which I now know is because it's a little bit longer than a bus driver can legally drive. And so um, I kind of convinced an agent to let this band from Syracuse, New York called Ra Ra Riot to come play. And, nice. uh, and I was like, we have this barn. Uh, and so they came, they liked it. Uh, the show went off pretty well. Um, uh, a little bit later, we had another guy, um, uh, Jonathan Rice, who's a who's kind of a known perform young. He's not so young anymore, but guy in Los Angeles. But his girlfriend was Jenny Lewis oh, at the yeah. time, and mm-hmm. Jenny Lewis came up and was just in the audience. And then she played a couple songs, and afterwards, she's like, "This place is awesome. I'd love to play here." And mm-hmm. so, at first, in those, it, it, I was really concerned about the artists as much as I was even the fans, and I, I was like, "Are the artists going to like it here?" and and then, uh, and how then, do they not though? I mean, really? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, it's funny. It's kind of a, it is a duh statement, but I'm, you know, haven't hadn't been around it. And my buddy's a tour manager, and I sort of watched, I watched a little bit about how he works. You know, there's a big difference between sort of just tra- traveling up here because you get hired to do a wedding and it's a one off, and you're getting yes. paid a ton to do. It's another thing to like route your your moving circus through here mm-hmm. um that's true and and it and it and it worked out that we we could do it um and for i threw the first couple wachikas with a part with a partner in with a partner that helped me start that with who was in the shins and that's mm-hmm. where i met him at that shin show oh, cool. his girlfriend was from sebastopol so eric and i said hey we just want to do this we want to create an environment that a is small and I, I mean really small um you know not not even not even really over a thousand people B, we wanted to have top tier music and we wanted to have top tier wine and food, but we recognized that there were kind of jerks. There were nice people and jerks that <laughs> made great wine, and there were nice people and jerks that made great music. That's true. And yep. the role is like <laughs> just eliminate the jerks, and I'm using the nice word for jerk, but eliminate them <laughs> from the equation and just have it be a super cool vibe. And we didn't even say it. We just kind of said that was the, the, the vision was to keep it a really special feeling place. And, you know, this will be our 10th year. And if wow. you go if you go there, it's really it's like that. It's hyper curated, very small family stroller parking, you know, um, and, and we managed to kind of carry that through through the whole our whole music process. Very cool. Yeah. 
I'm sure at the very beginning of that process, uh, that for a lot of these artists you were reaching out to, it was almost kind of a foreign concept to come out and play a winery like that. Um, so it had to be cool to kind of develop that over the years. It, it really was. I mean, this was, you know, long before Bottle Rock. This was mm-hmm. Outside Lands was just, we. I put festival on it because I thought it'd sound cool, but now it's like I kind of, you know, it's with Chica now. We took the festival off. But, <laughs> but it was a little bit like... Um, you know, you know, it's, it's so, you know, I now know it, I've been at it long enough, but an artist's team isn't just going to let an artist play mm-hmm. unless it's confident that a, their fans can get there and not just physically, but are the tickets cheap enough or what's the, you know, what's the scene like? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it took, it took a, I mean the, like Jenny Lewis, the radio or, or uh, Ra riot, um, you know, and that, that those first Wachikas, Jay Mascus came down. So from, they played at Wachika. They, they play Jay Mascus. Awesome. All these first artists that like were the first ones to do it are ever gonna forever gonna be close. Now we've I was just we've had some big bands this year, but in those days they were really taking a flyer because there was nothing like that That's here. That's so cool. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's been it's been fun to to just stay in it. And how did you come up with the name? You know, it's a, uh, <laughs> it, we were joking, Gumlock Bunchu, uh, Wachika, you know, we don't have anything that's pronounceable, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, pronounceable, but, um, so it's a, it's a band of, we're in Southern Sonoma County. Mm-hmm. So like six miles from the top of the San Francisco Bay and the band of the Pomo Native American tribe that sort of ran, that was, that was the, the homestead that was the original inhabitants of Sonoma were called the Wachika band. Oh, okay. Um, and, and then it's also if you're more into viticulture now, that's the name of a soil type that we're in. And ah. so we just kind of, it's kind of of our place. Uh-huh. But, you know, now it's it's in Wachika, you know, Hudson Valley. And it looks like we're going to do a third one that I can't quite talk about yet this year. But it's, it's people are in every town are like, what do you, what's, what, what is it? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, once you get it, it rolls. For sure. Now, uh, with your musical background, yeah. it, it seems like that was really something you wanted to bring in from the beginning. Uh, did you know you wanted to sort of fuse the wine and music culture right away, just in both both ends of the spectrum? You know, I, ironically, that's a not consciously. So, I mean, when mm-hmm. I, I I kind of viewed when I you know when I when I was in college, I, I was I we had this so our our family winery. It's we now call ourselves Bunshu Company because there's a few other things in the company besides Gunlock Bunshu. But in those days, it was just Gunlock Bunshu. Um, you know, in if you looked in our world, well, first if you looked outside our world, we had a distributor based in New York City that like distributed our wines in the in the early '80s and a bunch of classified growth Bordeaux. So I was 18 years old, sitting around my grandma's table with our wines and a mm-hmm. bunch of like. Grand Cru wines and not really knowing the difference, mm-hmm. but recognizing that they were good and that the people around the table were having a really good time and that the people that made the wine that I worked with in this after school and in the summers were really like engaged and approachable. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I got to college and people were like, oh, you're in the wine business. Ooh, ooh. they were either, Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then uh-huh. uh, and then I'll never forget. We went to this. Um, this I, somebody put up a bunch of wine tasting uh, posters around campus, and I went to school at USC in Los Angeles, and I was like, I'm gonna go check that out. I was a little like hoity toy. I'm gonna, what are they gonna <laughs> talk about? I walk into this like room, and there's like 400 kids in there, wow. and I remember being like, holy crap, this is impressive. That like I didn't know there was this much interest in what we did, and it was a little spark. And then 
ironically, like the guy, I happen to know the, the, the teacher that was the speaker, he was my chemistry professor and I wasn't even a chemist. I was just stuck with his class <laughs> and he was a great guy, but he was, he was what a, a guy that I recognize. And if we're in the wine business, we know him, especially they don't usually get out from underneath us, you know, a, a tank or a, or, a, or a blending session, but he loved the nuances and all the details and was just like, got immediately into soil types and varietals and regions. And like, before he'd walked in the room, there was like a palpable buzz. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he opened his mouth, it was like, <laughs> and so it was a little bit like, and it wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't out of lack of passion for him. It was just like a disconnect. And so uh -huh. I kind of, Knowing I kind of as close as I got to thinking about music in those days was coming home and recognizing like there's an opportunity here to make wine alive and 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 the way I know it to be mm -hmm. where you first can enjoy it and then worry about whether or not it's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like literally it's just like it's okay to like stuff that, that you like, you know, it's what makes music great and what makes food great. So you don't have mm -hmm. to it's fun to debate it, but there's no point like waving your knowledge flag over someone else. <laughs> um and so as we built sort of I had kind of this weird dual ambition i guess it'd be trifecta one is just the maintenance of our family business and culture mm -hmm. the other one was creating really i mean i was ambitious the best wines in sonoma like best bordeaux based wines we are on a cool climate down there so it's mm -hmm. high acid it's unusual for anyone to be doing cabernet down there especially you know when my dad planted those vineyards um but that marginal territory meant that our wines really, we didn't just say they had acid profiles like the old world, they did. And on cool vintages, it was really like that. Um, but it meant a whole lot of overhauling how we farmed, who we looked at our competitive set was in the vineyard. And I was really just focused on that. But while I was doing that and recognizing that I was gonna asp uh, aspire to have our price points go up in that world, I was also like, I still wanna have a good time here. I, like this is still, yeah. this isn't me wanting to go and spend every night of my life in some uh, great restaurant. It's me wanting to know these wines are worthy of being there, going occasionally in there, that all, but also you know, going out and seeing shows or doing what I normally would do. Mm -hmm. So um, eventually it, it came full circle, but I didn't really allow us to go there as a family and a company until the wines really were where they needed to be like nice. the and so that was that's always been the core like it, the wine the great wine allows for a little bit of a little bit of goofing off so to speak <laughs> well it's nice because i mean being able to go to either the amphitheater or the barn yeah and get some great wine while enjoying music yeah and you know walking around with the, your glass i mean there's really nothing better than that and it, there was good food too with the food truck. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's really um it's it's you know, it's something that what's funny is I've gotten a little bit used to it. So when you come so it, these shows at the barn, when you come to the barn at Gunlock Bunch, you're not even really seeing the winery. You're kind of going to a part of the property that until we did shows were not really even open. Mm -hmm. Um but when, whether it's there or to, at the amphitheater, you know, I'm just used to people drinking wine at those things. And not, I mean, the artists love it. The the kids who come or the fan, no matter what, depending on what the bands are that are playing, um, everybody likes it. But now it's funny because I'm talking a little more about wine and music in, in music events and scenes around the country. And you realize that you just don't, that, that, that there's a lot of work to be done out there, you know, trying yeah. to, in, like, Re, you know, venues are getting people in their doors that love wine. Mm -hmm. It's just that 
they don't have good wine and the people who go to those venues know not to expect very good wine there. That's so, true. Yeah. So are you able to reach out to some of these venues maybe that you've gone yeah. to um, and just say like, hey, you know, like you should feature some of our wines because it does. I am a wine drinker. I'm not a big beer drinker. Yeah. So when I go to a concert and I want wine, I mean, I'm going to look and see what they have and either I won't won't drink or yeah. I'll take a shot and see. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, it's interesting because, you know, I've been selling my own wine into the wine scene for my whole life. Um, and and normally, uh, you know, you're 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 walking into a place where they know wine and they like wine and you're, you're sort of weighing you're talking about your wine versus the universe's ver- version of it. Um, in music venues, you really are not really talking about your wine versus any wine. You're talking about wine in general. Yeah. So it's a, uh, so yeah, there's, there is uh it's, you know, it, 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 there's work to be done there. Um, and on a one hand, you kind of want to go on a mission to do it. On the other hand, you're like, wait a minute, they don't, they don't sell a lot of wine. So it's like, you can't right. spend too much time there yet. That's true. You know, because you're not really the bang for the buck isn't quite there yet in terms of time invested. But we're making progress, and I'm sure we'll do more of it as we yeah. grow. I have noticed a lot more wine, though, available when I go to shows at various venues in the city yeah. or elsewhere. So, which is nice. You know, I think uh, I think I think that like Bottle Rock has done a great job to kind of nationally imprint the idea that you can have good wine. And I mean, actually, before Bottle Rock even in terms of like wine as a really component to an experience is the wine lands at outside at outside Absolutely. lands. And that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pretty sweet deal in there. That's a cure. That's a really highly curated selection of wineries. They do a great job. And I know, I know that other festival, like bigger time festival producers look at that mm-hmm. as, and, and, and as a, as a something that can be replicated potentially. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what kind of bands I guess can people expect when they come to check out? Yeah, the shows? I was you know um, I was listening to I was you know I, I, I listened to podcasts and I was listening <laughs> to yours with um, I think his name was Dave from 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 Bottle Rock um, and, yeah. I'm, and I got to say that I'm a fan uh, and I, I went to the first one we we participated heavily the first one with a, and we um, I think I've been all but one. Uh, and I love the the way the that it's booked because there's always something there for me and for anyone that I might be with. Um, but he said something interesting about Bottle Rock, which is, you know, that he has to sort of think of his customers about who he books, mm-hmm. and we don't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we sort of have a um, we we have a, a kind of a curatorial philosophy we bring to it. And at this point, I. I I'd be remiss if I didn't bring in after a couple of years where Eric, the musician and Jeff, the vintner basically bumbled their way through this little festival. <laughs> and, um, you know, Eric who toured around the planet and under had a vision for what we could be doing, introduced me to another, a promoter in, that was based in Santa Cruz in those days. Um, who goes by the name of folk. Yeah. Uh, that really has just, you know, had, had started carving a niche for himself in terms of highly curated shows in really unique places. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've just hit it off and have been working together ever since. And and so he gets access through him. Basically, it, it became pretty clear that, you know, I that we needed to be pro about booking bands. Like it's a, it's a, it's a full-time job to be in that space. And it didn't, after calling those agents and getting those favors, 
early I got the sense that, you know, they're they're moving at a different pace than like the guy in the barn is just yeah. calling looking for one offs. I needed to find a way to continue to like make it easier to work with. And and I, I met Brett at Folk Yeah and we basically have been doing things together and, and it's it's extreme the reason that we get we get along so well is like he brings to music what I bring to wine and music, which is like it's all about the integrity of the pro of, of what's what's being done first. Yeah. And then worry about like genre and worry about sellability mm -hmm. you know there was never a which there was there's never been a giant headliner there and it you know by by budgetary restraint but also because it's about the experience and so we'll do like 25 bands um 25 bands yeah wow. over five stages awesome. and they'll be you know the the general rule is they're all signed and touring so there's no um or, or they or or we think they're they're just young and they're about to be okay um, but within that framework um, there could be career artists that just that are that that are almost legacy now um, and mm -hmm. that and like in, in Wachika East because we're in Hudson Valley we got Garth Hudson who was in the band like who played the basement tapes of Bob Dylan to play oh, wow. that's awesome. and but Almond Dunes is a great young band that's like blowing up that played all laws is an LA band that played out there um, so you, you can kind of find like genre, it, we kind of say like psychedelic surf rock with no jam, but then there's, you know, you're liable to see, uh, a little bit of heavy stuff, not really hardcore metal, but if it's loud, uh, where, which is what I love mm -hmm. is, uh, I don't mind it to get a little screechy, uh, you know, so we can go that direction. I like it. Um, okay. and then, you know, and then occasionally we'll do something that's jazz if like it's if it's something special, like last year, this trio did a um, did this whole replay of of the Love Supreme, this great old album, like beginning to the end, and it was like, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Richmond is kind of a legendary guitar player, kind of songwriter that comes out of the hills only when he wants to. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, came down and played. So generally, it's super high quality, um, and it's almost all discovery you know, in, unless you happen to be a fan of one or two of the bands there and it's all good. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's a little, I've been going to South by Southwest a long time and, oh, yeah. and invariably, you know, no matter how much you plan, what you're going to do, it's something that you stumble into that mm -hmm. rocks your world. And I, I just love that every year at Wichita, there's like a, sh there's a, sh a set by somebody that I hadn't even really thought of mm -hmm. that just like left me for dead. And I mean, if I can do that to anybody, then, then we're winning. That's awesome. And what time of year is Wichita? Uh, the one in, in Sonoma is in June, okay. uh, like second week in June. The one in Hudson Valley is the second weekend in, um, in, uh, well this year it's gonna be the first weekend in August mm -hmm. in, uh, in this little town called Pine Plains, which is just about two hours north of New York City. And then this third one is in middle of September, if it happens, and it looks like it's in, in this town to be named later in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, so you'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll hit you guys up when that's formal. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. And uh, do you know what bands are going to be playing? I mean, I don't. I assume you cannot say. But... Well, you know, I can, I can throw out... Um, you know, there's nothing booked yet. We we kind of we're small. You know, I will throw out that I'm I'm very excited that um, Deer Hunter has been kind mm. of kicking mm -hmm. around the edges. Mm. And Deer Hunter is a great example of a band that like 
that that I do backflips over, and I hope we get them for one offer at one one Wachika. If 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 they're interested in doing a Wachika, then I bet we'd we'll get them at some point. Awesome. Um, yeah, but it's been an incredible year. So the way it works for us at at Bunchy with our music is is Wachika tends to be the more discovery or they're more in a they're the bigger bands that we get are on the one off shows. You know, yeah. whether it was Chris Robinson who mm -hmm. you saw, we had Future Islands this year and Leaky Lee. Um, Johnny Marr from the Smiths, which was a killer show. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, we, I was looking through the list, and it was a, it was a good year. Mm -hmm. Do you have any bands or musicians that are, like, like your dream to have booked for either, either venue or festival? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really – I've done, been doing some uh, – quite a bit of uh, work on collaborating on this, this project with, uh, with Lord Huron. Oh, and yeah. um and they're a they're a great band and they're great guys and mm -hmm. they're 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 pretty big for us um we had a little shot to get them in at a surprise show i couldn't quite swing it when they when they made themselves available but i'd love to get them at some point i love that i love those guys so uh -huh. i love their music and i i like them okay you know um you know what's you know what's funny is i uh I, I just don't even dream because it's like it's amazing who's shown up mm -hmm. and, and and I if and you the, build it they will come and and as much <laughs> as as much as I'd love to get you know I'm a big Dave Grohl fan and it'd be great oh, to get man. the Foo Fighters there but I'm I'm also like I don't need that crowd I don't I True just that. can go see like I I don't I mean so as much as I'd love to get a big band that have you know, to be like a secret show it, or it'd something it have to be something and and it's so weird because I also really don't like. Usually when that happens, it's be it's because somebody's got a private deal and they're like, you know, buying the band to play. And we, we could probably yeah. do that and we could get some special VIPs in there. If mm -hmm. it was the band and their best fans, that would be awesome. It was, the, But if it was the, the band and like fill in the blank, like tech companies right. execs, mm -hmm. I'd be yes. like, eh. Right. I, <laughs> you know? yeah. right. So that's no fun. Right. So, so, but you know, I'm, I'm, I love all music, uh, and so it would be, I, you know, it would be, I, you know, I, I'd love to see LCD sound system in there, man. Oh, that'd sure. be sweet. Mm -hmm. And we had washed out one of the best, you know, washed out. It's a, I don't see. I, so what I, I'm sort of a frustrated, like 25 year old <laughs> raver kid because nice. I would love to do a lot of EDM, but it's oh, just not our scene. And okay. so washed out is like kind of, uh, it's really, it's kind of, it's, more art EDM than it is like true dance. It's very cool stuff. Though. I'll have that to check was, it that out. was that was a good show. Are they on Spotify? Oh yeah, they're oh, yeah. they're pretty big. I'll check them out. Big enough anyway to be there. <laughs> now you have another uh, music related venture. You're kind of <laughs> dipping your toe into yeah. with the the Echo Echo label. Yeah. How, how does this all work? Well, so it's a uh, it's a project that we're just starting now. That um, you know, I hope I can come back and talk to you guys more about in a in a when it's more off the off the cuff or off the ground, but, you know, essentially you said you saw it yourself watch, watching people walk around wine and music and the whole time that our uh, uh, wine at our, at our venue, the whole time that we've been doing music, uh, uh, you know, I've, my, my eyes and ears have been open to all things where, where wine and music can get together or just sensory. I mean, we're big believers in experiences. I think that's probably yeah. why you guys do this. Like it's fun to, you know, it's, it's fun to drink wine where you want to be as opposed to where you have to be mm -hmm. or where you think you should be. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we, we found this way to bring wine and music together in a more kind of a 
a personal immediate way. So Echo Echo basically um, is a, it's a, it's great wine that uh, is kind of made, made for family farmers. We work with sustainable farm vineyards around California for now, and then we pair the music with pair the wines with music. And uh, so cool. there's some hand curated cur- playlists that go along with it. There's some artist collaborations that are that are in the works um, that are pretty exciting. Well, we're excited to hear more about it when you can talk about it. Yeah, you know, and I mean, what's <laughs> well, fun is yeah. there's a lot of young bands that we're working with on that that's fun to share their music too. Very fun. Yeah. And so now just kind of taking it back to, to the winery in yeah. and of itself. Um, when I was looking at the website, I mean, you guys offer a lot, like cave tours. Yeah. This cool... Uh, Pinsgauer tour, right? What exactly is that? So it's, uh, I like to say it's like this incredible Swiss army vehicle that (laughs) upon looking at it, you realize why Switzerland doesn't ever intend to fight any wars. (laughs) 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 But but it's basically a, uh, it's a, they, they, it is a vehicle. It's a people mover. It's meant to go off road. um, And uh, we, we drive around the vineyard with 12 lucky people on it and we go up and down the hills and, you know, uh, like I'm glad you brought it back to the wine because, you know, I, as sort of, as a CEO of the winery, a Bunchy company, there's a lot of music stuff that Bunchy company is doing. The, but Gunlock Bunchy really, you know, there was never as much as music has been a great vehicle for us to introduce our our brand and our family story to young consumers. It's you know, it's it's not a music winery. It's a, it's this estate vineyard that really is one of California's great wine stories and of the past. Plus, there's a lot of blood and sweat that's going into making these wines that that we're doing uh, taste good. And so, um, but we can't ever get away from the fact that we love to share it sort of on our terms. And yeah. so when you, you know, when you come to the winery, you're going to, you can have a proper tasting in our, you know, 100 plus year old winery building, or you can get on that thing, or you can go sit out in the courtyard and listen to the DJ and get more of a food wine pairing thing. Oh, okay. Um, you guys have a DJ. We have a DJ on the weekends. Oh, and then right we, on. And then there's a little, we have something called a donkey bar because it's an old donkey barn. <laughs> so, you know, so we, we, we definitely um, have a good time there and, and approachability is the key always. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very cool. How, how big a property is it? I mean, there's so... It, it seems like there's so many different individual things to do that you can sort of be away, you know, whichever you pick to do, you're kind of away from everybody else. So yeah. How big is it out well, there? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about all told it's 300 plus acres. Um, wow. but the, but it's funny that you say that because if you get out there, you'll see that like the human, the humanized part's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so when like it, it's, We've been lucky enough, knock on wood, that we've been pretty busy in the summers. And I still get like heart palpitations when I go up there on a Saturday and there's just <laughs> people everywhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, is, what are we doing here? Um, so uh, you can escape if you want, but it seems like people just love to be in the mix. I mean, we all do, right? So, mm-hmm. so even if you don't want to jump in, it's fun to be near it. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of wines does Gunbun kind of specialize in? Cabernet is our Bordeaux varietals. Um, and, and it's ironic to be saying that as far south. So where we are is basically we're Carneros, Sonoma Valley, um, and Sonoma Coast Appalachian mm. all hit. Mm-hmm. And that's very east for Sonoma Coast, those mm-hmm. of you who are, know the area around here. But we are in the Appalachian. Uh, but it basically means that we have this confluence of fog that really comes in. We're, we're the last to get it a little bit that comes in from the Pacific Ocean. It goes over Petaluma through the Petaluma Gap, hits us, then it burns off. 
Um, so it keeps us relatively cool, but we're on the southwestern flank of the Mayacamas. Mm. And uh, so we've got these steep south and west-facing vineyards that allow us to get these Bordeaux varietals a lot riper than you would think in that area. I mean, it's the weather's kind of playing to our hand lately, but um, there can be a 10-degree difference between our, ca- our cab blocks on the hill and our, say, Pinot and Chard blocks on the valley floor or on the benchland um, in the same minute. And wow. it all has to do with just that exposure down there. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, we've been doing cab. My dad was, had great foresight. He recognized that those hillsides were different than the, the rest of Carneros. So we've been doing cab for as long as I've been there. And then, you know, we've had, we've done Merlot in the eighties and nineties Merlot when it was, when it was hot, it was, we were, we did pretty well with it. Um, yeah. and, you know, we've always done well with how it tastes, but in those days when it was selling, we sold a lot of it. Um, and it's kind of making a comeback though. Merlot. You know, yeah. My, bit. you know, my, my dad has, uh, has been telling me that it's going to make a comeback for 30 years now. I'm waiting <laughs> for it. <laughs> but you know, what we've always known is that it's an incredible varietal that tastes good, it's you so know, good. and when it's yeah. done right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when you hit it right, it's a great wine, but, but it's amazing how, perception kind of defines reality we have people that come into our tasting room and say i'll drink anything except merlot and then of course yeah. somebody will sneak him some merlot and it'll be their favorite wine exactly well it's funny because a lot of people because that because of sideways you know they yeah, just right? like are like oh i don't want to drink merlot because that guy in the movie hated it it's like, yeah gone just taste it well like yeah it. and you know and the you thing know? is is that in those days it was kind of justified because merlot was just there was opportunistic planning going all over the place and so merlot just was there's a lot of really bad merlot out there mm. and so it just sort of it, 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 but it was amazing. You know, that speaks back to approachability that a movie, even a movie that's like a small movie mm-hmm. that doesn't even it like that has one sentence about Merlot can right. like theoretically be attributed to changing the ways. It's it's I hope I, I think we're beyond that. I'd like to believe that we're feeling more confident uh, in what we don't know. And so we'll, we'll make stuff up for ourselves. But yeah. you never know. I've had your Merlot. It's quite delicious. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I think I had also the red blend when I was uh, at yeah, the, the Mountain Cuvée. Yeah, yeah that's, that was fantastic. That's a great. That's a great. Our kind of Monday through Thursday Bordeaux blend. Yeah, and we, and that's a good example of that's the one we make the most of. It's like twenty dollars retail, and mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's not. It's a red blend, but there's no residual sugar. There's acid. There's structure, and that's sort of how we do things there for sure. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Do you have any more questions, Mike? Yeah, one quick one. I meant yeah. to hit at the beginning. So <laughs> having a winery with such, you know, such a historic winery, kind of one of the original you know, wine families and wine stories, uh, are there other are there comparable there's kind of fa- wine families that you've come up with along the way that sort of have that history, or is that uh, unique to this area? Well, that's, uh, you know, you know, I mean, growing up, there's a, there's a great family in Sonoma called the San Giacomo family that mm-hmm. they don't, they've just done a little winery now, but they're growers. So, um, yeah, that's like a multi-general in our neighborhood. It's like the Sebastianis and the, mm-hmm. and the, and, um, and the San Giacomos, uh, and then, and then you're aware of, you know, other, you just sort of know about it and then going to ironically. So we're in Southern Sonoma County and which means that we're, we're like 15 minutes from Napa and, and, and almost an hour to Santa Rosa, which, so a lot of us went to like high school in Napa. And Mm -hmm. so you knew some other kids at wineries there. Um, 
But no, you know, you, you sort of, you look along the way, but I got to admit from the time I was like 25 until I was probably 45, I didn't want to talk about history. I didn't want to like, I was like, make sure I was all about what the wine is now and where we're going with it. And, uh, you know, lo and behold though, I look up and I look around and, and, uh, there aren't that many family wineries that of even two or three generations that are still in the same family. So I wave the flag a little, a little higher now. It's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I kind of own that. And it's, no. I mean, it's your whole family that is essentially helping run the winery, right? Yeah. It's like your sister and your brother. Yeah, my sister is is the VP of sales and marketing, um, Katie. And then my brother does all, like, the he's the chief of happiness. You yes. saw him on that thing. He's like, <laughs> yep. the, he gives tours and drives that Pinsgauer uh-huh. uh, and won't bump you hard unless you're mean to him. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, well, so... Uh, maybe just kind of let everybody know again where they can find you, maybe online. Yeah, so um, www.gunbun.com um, is is a place to go for all shows. We don't have, I guess, the next, I don't have any shows to really talk about yet, but there's a couple good ones that are coming down the pipe here in the early in the. In, in early 2019, Wachika is H U I C H I C A. Wachika, it's like Chica with an H U I in front of it, um, but one word. dot com, and that's uh, you know th- that'll start to pick up a little bit of steam here in a, in, a, in the next couple in the next month or so. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, you can go check out Echo Echo Wine. dot com if you're so interested. But w- we can come back and talk more about that. Absolutely, that'll be kind of fun. Yeah, I really love what you guys are doing. Thanks for having me. I love what you guys are doing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers. Bye.